Level 1 Chief Master Sergeant John Thompson, Command Chief for the 48th ISR Wing. I'm here in my office on Sunday with my wife, the beautiful Allison Redhead Thompson. Oh, you had to throw the redhead in. Thank you. Her maiden name is Redhead. I know it's bizarre, but it's a wonderful, wonderful name. Sylvia and Stan will never, her mom and dad will never hear this, so I'm not <laughs> insulting them. Anyway, I wanted to bring my wife into a podcast with me. I've been asking her for quite some time, and she wouldn't, she wouldn't do it until today. She finally caved. I wanted to get um, a spouse's perspective on it. Well, Allie, uh, can you tell everybody where you're from? I'm from Newcastle upon Tyne, as it's called, a city in the northeast of England. We are fairly high up in England, close to Scotland. Right, it's about like an hour from the border, right? Yeah. And we're known as Geordies. Geordies, yeah. That, that's for, that's an entirely different podcast. But uh, and of course, you know the Magpies, uh, Newcastle United is the football club, and that, that should be another podcast as well. But anyway, and what I really wanted to ch chat to you about was um, your experiences over the last thirty years. Well, uh, you know, we, we met at, at Ryan Mine. This is like that's uh, twenty you know, twenty seven years ago, and we lived off base at Ryan Mine. Then just before we got orders. Like like we said before, we got the Bentwaters Woodbridge, those got cancelled, then we got RF Falconberry. That was back in the day when you could go with an indefinite DROS pending a COT. So I could stay in Germany as long as it took to get my orders to England. And that's exactly what yes. happened. Yeah. I got that those orders, I went another cycle and then I got RF Falconberry. But RF Falconberry yeah that's right. I'm sorry, we moved on base. That was our first we had, yeah, married, we lived off base in a single bedroom apartment. Yeah. And then we moved on base to what they called a star. Oh, yeah, it was we one weren't of those tower things. technically supposed to be on base. No, we don't want to say that. We, like, we get your friend in trouble. She, oh, her husband's out of the military now. Yeah, we she, anyway, we, our last six months. It was all legal people. It was all, yeah. <laughs> they couldn't get people to live on base, so we were okay. That's so right. yeah, so we lived in a, a one bedroom star apartment. Yeah, that was on small, wasn't it? It was bigger than the tiny little room that we had. Oh well, fair enough. Face. Fair enough. And then we moved to, to England, and we got that. Um, we moved. Oh, up. we were off base first. R. F. Brampton. Yeah, that's right. Well, not R. F. Brampton in Brampton Village. But then we moved on to um, on the base there, and really, um, I, I'm trying to figure out what angle we want to talk about here. Well, um, I think the biggest issue I had was, yes, I met you on a military base, but I didn't really know what it was to be a military spouse. I didn't really know. I, I do hear a lot of spouses nowadays saying, I married the man, I didn't marry the military. All right. And I do tell the story of, you know, how I fought against being military. I think part of the reason that was easier to do was because I was in England, my, my home country, which, you know, a lot of U.S. spouses are in the U.S., so they feel the same way. But it got to a point in our life where I couldn't separate it anymore, um, meaning that the more rank you made, the more expectation there was on me to participate in well, functions yeah, and events and things like that. That's true, but early on it wasn't like that. Early on no. it was more, we were overseas too, so we had, everybody was friends. Yeah. So we, in the, when we were firefighters, it was... Everybody was friends. You had to hang out with everybody. I mean, it was like a soap opera, too. That wasn't always the best. But um, at the very least, you had friends, and no one uh, judged you. I mean, that, that's something that you used to say to me. 
because you worked it first, and then in uh, in '94 when Ryan was born, um, would you work for uh, six months or a year? I worked for a couple of years. When we, was it two years? I really? worked at Cambridge County Council. Yeah. The reason I I stopped working was because I had we had our first Ryan. Um, in 94 and the base was closing so I was making a choice because I'm English we had a nearly four month time off after the birth where they they hold your job maternity leave was a lot longer overseas in Europe um, and I had to make a decision was I going back full-time or was I going back part-time we were lucky that we had daycare at the bottom of our street when we moved on to Alconbury However, with you being fire department, you couldn't get off work. And as every mother knows, right. when your child starts going to a CDC or daycare, they start getting, you would, I would get phone calls. You have temperature or an ear infection and I had to go home. So the pressure on me to not work was a lot higher because yeah. you couldn't just leave the fire department to go pick up That's right. Ryan. So we had a decision to make, which was kind of made for us. I went back full time, but only for a couple of months because... Then it was announced that Alconbury was closing mm -hmm. and the team was coming in. That's right. Yeah, I guess that's where I was going with that. Is over the years, you know, when you meet new people, that everybody would ask, you know, do you work? Yeah. <laughs> and if you didn't, it's it seemed like, and maybe it was me, but it seemed like people judged us, you know, and they judged you because you didn't work and you were staying home with your kids. Yeah. But, yeah, I definitely got that feeling. That's that's a normal thing for any mother in or out the military. Um, you get or a stay at home. A stay at home yeah. mom. Um, or stay at home dad. It depends on yeah how you feel about it. A lot of times, I have to kick myself and say I work at home a lot because you really are working at home, but you're held to a different standard to somebody that goes outside the home and makes a living. Yeah. So I was always fighting. That was more of a struggle that I had. Yeah, I mean, that used to, we used to fight about that all the time, if you remember. Mm -hmm. That was always always a source of argument between us. I mean, I, I appreciated what you did. It's not like I, but I don't know. I think you had more of a problem with it than I did. I had a problem with it because I didn't really feel any worth. I wasn't in the military. Yeah. So therefore, you know, even being around people and we had friends, it was always talking about the military. And I was an American, so I didn't feel like I had... Um, a common bond with a lot of the spouses because although everybody used to tell me, oh, I love the way you talk, that was where it would kind of end and they'd move on to the person next to me who was American. Well, your accent is, is very toned down now compared to the way it used to be. Well, I'm talking nice because I'm on a podcast. Too. You're talking nice. <laughs> this is my posh voice. Oh, but see. no, I just, I, I struggled with fitting in, which I'm sure a lot of foreign spouses do. And I mean, even though I speak English and American, everybody says it's English. Um, so I could only imagine what it's like for a spouse who's foreign with a different language. In fact, you've been attracted to those those uh, spouses. Yeah, I've, like I've, that. I've gotten along with foreign spouses a lot, yeah. a lot better. You have something in common. Mm -hmm. yeah, America is not home, and it's you know we don't have the same um, growing up experiences that everybody has that was around me. It seemed to me that we, with friends and uh, you know the community. We did so much better when we were overseas. Yes. Because we were, you know, you're forced into those relationships with people. And I don't know. And it, since we lived in the Conus, it hasn't been like it's that. It's just a moral. Um, everybody is in some kind of strange situation being away from home. Yeah. So more people reached out and wanted to make friends. You, you, 
there wasn't, when you come back to the States, one of the big things was everybody rushes to get off base and get on with their lives. They don't really want to be friends with people around them. And that's the general consensus when you talk to people. There's more of a family atmosphere overseas because you're in it together. So we had, you know, weekends were always barbecues with people and and things like that. So. Yeah. Well, you talked a little bit about before about the pressures to get involved. And I mentioned, I wanted us to talk a little bit about the early years before we got into some of that. But since you brought it up, I, I definitely wanted to talk about that. Uh, I know since I've been I've been a chief, and that was 2010. Um, it's I don't know if it's pressure, or people people say, "Oh, you know, your wife doesn't have to be involved. Your spouse doesn't have to be involved." Um, I don't know. It just still still feels like there's some kind of pressure for the spouse to be involved. I mean, no joke. You make me so much better at this when I'm we're at parties, get-togethers, social events because of how you conduct yourself, how we play off of each other. I'm just better when you're around in, in every in every situation. So I'm pretty selfish when it comes to that. So when I, you know that too. So you know that I want you to come. Mm -hmm. So that's an added pressure. When I not, don't really want to go sometimes. Yeah. yeah, I just look at your face and it's like, I'm going. But usually though, we have fun. We do when I get there. Sometimes yeah. the thought of going is more off-putting than actually when you get there. Well. Over 28 years, we've been to a lot of these, those things. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I, eat, I end up having fun at, at each of them, and you meet different people, and uh, I reach my two Heineken limit, and that's my. Yeah, I mean, I do enjoy it. I do enjoy talking to the airmen and meeting yeah. the spouses. I do really enjoy that stuff. But, you know, like anybody else, it's the getting ready and the, yeah. the getting out of the house part. They can, especially when we go to back to back events, sometimes it's, it's a little exhausting. Well, I mean, for me, getting involved started before PACAF. PACAF was a nice break from what we had when we went to Okinawa. Okinawa was oh, I forgot was intense that. as far as being involved. We had the most amazing commander and commander's spouse. I was a senior master sergeant squadron superintendent for the OSS. At, I, actually, that's you saw the video I did about teams, right? Yes. Yeah, and uh, it's Wesley Hallman and Sly Hallman and their family. And I'm going to tell you what, I think the first two weeks I took the job, he said, we'll sleep on the plane. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. I didn't know what that meant. But what it meant was we were going to go all in, working our tails off, trying to make life better for our airmen and try and execute the mission at, at an incredible rate of speed. And with this team, that meant my wife fully involved with Sly. And uh, she didn't really ask, did she? No, I was kind of brought in, and it was explained that the last one hadn't been very involved. Mm -hmm. Sly had a whole different view of what she wanted the um, squadron to be. Um, they hadn't done the key spouse thing yet. Um, That's right. It was a. Uh, it was Rav's readiness. Thing. Yeah. Well, it was a ombudsman. It was a navy thing. Oh, okay. Um, That's right. That the Marines also, I think the Marines do the FRG just like the Army, if I remember correctly, but. Um, they didn't have anything like that, and so it was relatively new for the Harmons. So Sly had that was her her task, what she wanted to do. So it was called readiness assistant volunteer because we had a lot of deployments, yeah, and right. that was basically right. what you were saying it was going to be at first. I was still in that stay-at-home mom with two small kids, and um, basically they just said that they would like me to be visible, 
because they wanted more participation from the enlisted yeah, spouses. Yeah, the enlisted spouse. Well, it was like one enlisted spouse, wasn't there? Yeah. yeah. It, really, what it was was an officer's spouse's group. Yes. That's what it ended up, for all intents and purposes. It was, yeah, everything was run by the officer's spouses of the, of the squadron and the facets of the squadron. That was Until the Hallmans came. Until the Hallmans came, and okay. she wanted to change that. Man, we did some amazing things. We did. It was it. <laughs> It was, when I say exhausting, it was because we didn't have very many nights to ourselves. They had That's dinners right. on a Wednesday night to, to greet new people coming in. Which we were at. We were always at. Was it Wednesday? Wednesday nights. When I was at the, every other week I was at the airport with the boss. Yeah, you would go meet and greet the new people coming in on the airplanes right. or people going on deployments because there was always people getting a flight. And um, Luckily, I didn't have to go to that. On the weekends, <laughs> we always had something going on, uh, down and in, down and out. Yeah. She got quite a group of us RAVs together, um, and we did things. I mean, it was a lot of fun. We, we dressed it up. It was a lot of we fun. We took your uniforms and hacked them up into pieces and, and made these little outfits out of the Combat dining in. Combat dining yeah. in, where we had Alex Trebek That's come <laughs> I to remember the that. Holy crap. <coughs> oh, excuse me. He was um, uh, not... Not what I expected. That's a good expecting. way to put it. Yeah. But it was really good. We'll but yeah, nice. that was a very good assignment. But it was very It was very high speed. Taxing. It was high, high speed. speed, yeah. If you ever been to Kadena, you know how fast they fly around the flagpole there. It was it was a lot of fun. Then we had uh, we were lived on Camp Foster, which was right in uh, Marine uh, staff NCO housing. Mm -hmm. And I tell you what, they played as hard as they worked. Yeah. There was always something going we on. We met a lot of our good friends who yeah. we're still in contact with. In, Nicole and Johnny, yeah, it was, it was good. Oh, and anyway, sorry, and the kids, saying? and that was when we introduced the kids. Um, we always believed that the kids should participate too because they were part of our lifestyle. So we used to trip them out to everything, and yeah, I I believe doing that for them in the beginning was good because they've grown up being people, grown ups now that can look another grown up in the eye. And talk to them and oh they're good at it yeah they're, they're very good at it, at it. Yeah. yeah so just uh, for the last little spot here being a command chief spouse we had a little bit of a taste of it when i was a group chief we had a, a great commander there and she and dli had you yeah dli thank you she had you involved in everything and uh, the key spouse program was strong there but i don't think either of us realized what sort of commitment you you were about to take on as the 480th uh command chief spouse I went in a Sherry Hawk and you made a great team mm -hmm. and um, you guys yeah, really sure. got involved. Yeah, I love Sherry. I mean, to, to come in as a new command spouse, command chief spouse, and meet a command spouse like Sherry Hawk, who just was so, de is down to earth and welcoming and, you know, we used to bounce ideas off each other, sounding board for everything because there are a lot of things we can't discuss with other people. So just knowing that there was somebody else I could pick the phone up with or, do some kind of antiquing thing that we used to do at thrift stores and collect chairs. Sherry's a big chair person. That's right. <laughs> Didn't they give us chairs? Yeah, Isn't we got chairs like, for them. Yeah. Them. But um, yeah, so that was that was awesome. Um, I like to. I used to like the way you guys worked a room. Like you guys would come in the room and she'd start on the left and you'd start on the right yeah, working on the right. Yeah, we, It's always. It's always kind of a recruiting thing is what we used to think of it as. And, and I know people would see us coming and think, oh, here they go. They want us to be key spouses and stuff. And, and you know, sometimes the key spouse program gets such a bad rap. It, it should genuinely be people who want to help other spouses. 
meaning it's finding resources when you're when your military member has gone there's somebody else you can reach out to and the resources and the free things you can get when when your military member goes to deployment and things like that i mean key spouses do a fantastic job when it's done right um my but, experience has been people don't know what a key spouse no, is I mean, a, mixed up. a lot of them think that it's a it's a click in a gossip group but it couldn't be anything further from that. You are you don't talk about people. Everything's confidential. All that stuff that we have to do, the training we have to do, emphasizes things like that. And I really do wish that, you know, I'd get involved sooner. I don't know how I would have done before being pulled for the RAF. But I think it only enhances your life as the military because you really can't kick and scream about being part of it. You are part of it whether you want it or not. <laughs> and... To understand what's going on, understand what your spouse is going through and the jobs they do, enhances your life. I'd say that that's probably one of the reasons why we struggle when I switched over to Intel, Mm -hmm. is I couldn't really tell you what was going on at work. So you felt kind of shut out. I mean, I don't speak for you. Well, I never met people either because you were Intel. So you were in in the skiff and I never got to go in there. I wasn't allowed to go in there. So other than when they closed it down for big holidays, like they did in Okinawa for Christmas and stuff and everything was shut down and the families were allowed to come in for the Christmas party. And we really, I didn't know who you worked with. You would say names like, and get annoyed at me when I couldn't remember who they were. Cause I, I doubt that ever happened. Faces to names is the only way I, I remember somebody's, and even now I don't. But um, yeah, so it was kind of like you are a total separate entity from yeah. your life, and I couldn't understand. But definitely what you different did. now because we are more integrated because of how involved you were as a key spouse and. But that kind of changed though when you went back to work. Yes, I decided to go back to work a year ago. I became an empty nester. I say I because he's never here, so <laughs> it's my empty nest. Okay, no dirty laundry <laughs> on the podcast. Um, my daughter left. My son had already. Our son had already gone, and he's joined the Air Force, and he's in um, Look Air Force Base, Arizona. Now married to a wonderful woman who we both love, which really helps. Um, and then my daughter, our daughter went to college, University of Illinois, and I, I did get depressed. I got really depressed that summer because she was always my sidekick. She went shopping with me, you know, never knew. I, I only have a brother, and so to have a daughter to realize what the relationship's like is just, you know, she's everything. So I would come up, as everybody might know who's from Langley, as you drive and you see the sign that says go straight for the Bayview or turn left, cross the flight lane. Soon as I saw that baby sign, I used to burst into tears because I just couldn't face coming home alone. So this is a whole new transition. So that's why I decided to go back to work because it was like, now it's got to be more about me and our next part of our life. So I kind of stepped back a little bit on the key spouse stuff, the day-to-day stuff. I do still attend the meetings and I still do go to the events. But I um, make a conscious effort to go more to ELS graduations with you, even though I did all the time and um, working, I thought that I was going to have to drop off that, but that's kind of our date nights and I still enjoy, we, we still really have a good time when we get over there and talk to the airmen. Mm, yeah, it's fun. And um, always dragging you out because you're always the last person there in the baby. <laughs> um, that's the fun you get during, anyway, go ahead. But yeah, so, um, so yeah, it has changed a little bit. It's... Um, definitely a challenge being a military spouse and there's a lot of roller coasters up days and down days and but when you decide to make this a career it's just something that you've got to jump into. 3 November 30 years what do you think? Well what are we gonna do? I mean 
it was kind of shocking that it's here already. Mm -hmm. um, but just yesterday when I was doing your calendar for your travel schedule, um, I know what the date is, but I guess it just wasn't sinking in until I started writing it. And I was like, oh my gosh, we've only got two and a half months. It's pretty like much. life is over on 4 November. And then what? <laughs> Where do we live? And I was thinking that the other day. I'm like, well, wait a minute. How long do they let us stay in the house? I know. When, when does BAH stop? I don't know anything, man. No. I got to figure this all and out. I don't either. And I'm already <laughs> like, we need to start packing. We need to start cleaning. Yeah. And then I'm like, when do I get the time for that? Because I don't have time for anything else right now anyway. So, yeah, yeah kind of freaking out now. <laughs> I, well, I I have days where I'm like, we're going to be okay. And then I have more more of those days than I have of we're not. Because I do think we're going to be okay. We are going to be. There's no question we're going to be okay. It's all, I mean, you're involved, so you'll get me organized eventually. But in the meantime, what I'm really freaking out about is the airmen. I don't want to give that part up. Uh -huh. um, and I, I know there's a possibility I could step away and do something else besides, uh, you know, the Air Force. And that's a little bit daunting. Uh, I got Kung Fu grip on this, you know, I don't want to let go of it. Anyway. Oh, it's 30 years of your life. It's yeah. kind of hard to, a lot of people have a lot of trouble moving on. And I don't yeah. think it's the, the power thing or whatever. I think mm. it's just, it's the, this is what you've done for 30 years. You get up, you put your uniform on, you go to work for the airmen. So it's. Um, it's going to be a difficult transition, I think. Nah, I'm right. hoping not. We'll be okay. We'll be alright. <laughs> She's <laughs> looking at me. She's looking at me with uh, yeah, piercing I'm eyes. I'm hoping not. Not for me. I'm not <laughs> worried about you. <laughs> uh, I just want to know where I'm going to live. If uh, if like the art team listens to this, they're going to be at my door on Monday. Like, are you okay, Chief? We heard you're struggling. Me and a the dogs. <laughs> we will be okay. Oh, uh, that's what it is, huh? Okay. Yeah. But never mind. Okay, everyone, uh, that's it. Uh, thanks, Allie, for, for doing this with me. I want to do something a little bit different, a little something out of the ordinary. I hope you get a chance to have your spouse listen to this. They might get a kick out of it. There might be something in our story that you guys can relate to. And, of course, if you have any questions, just send me a note on Facebook, email. It doesn't matter. And if a spouse out there has a question for Allison, she fields in pretty regularly anyway. And she's always uh, over the moon happy to, to help anybody that she can. Okay, thanks very much for your time. See you.